0: This is Celebration Church. But it's more than just a building or a church. We have a calling to be a place where people can find a relationship with God
1: instead of religion. A place where freedom is found and acceptance given and every person can discover their purpose and experience the kind of fulfillment only God can give. Together we will raise, lead, and
0: empower a generation to change the world. Here, Jesus is famous and all the glory goes to God. This is Celebration. This is our family. Welcome home. Good morning, celebration. Would you go ahead and stand with me as together we recite the Apostles' Creed? It's our statement of faith. It's what we believe here at Celebration Church. Would you join with me? We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the Creator of heaven and earth. the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Well, a very warm welcome to Celebration Church. We folk here in Green Bay. We want to welcome those that are gathering in Appleton with Pastor Chad and at Stevens Point with Pastor Bob and those that are joining us online this morning. Good to have all of you here with us this morning. Let's give a hand to those that are joining with us this morning. All over the world that are joining online as well. I wanna give a quick win shout out this this morning before we hear God's word being preached. Uh, Yesterday was our serve day at all our campuses and a number of people throughout the the church at each one of the campuses were out serving in our community, just loving on people. We were one of the churches, there were hundreds of churches all over the world that took the day yesterday to just simply love the city that they're a part of, love the people of the city. So we want to thank those that participated. At Stevens Point, there was over 16 people that went to a a family and just did some yard work. You'll see a couple of pictures that will pop up on the screen as well, a little bit of what took place. In Appleton, they did the yard work there. In Stevens Point, I believe that they were involved in cleaning up a local park. Just went there and did some of that here in Green Bay. We had about 45 people. They went to serve at Manor for Life and share there and help them out there. We had some folks sharing a meal at the Brown County Prison with all the officers there. We had for folk that went to every one of the f- first responders at the fire stations throughout the city of Green Bay and shared a meal with them as well. And then we had some folk walk, just simply walking around Bay Beach giving cold water and free tickets to the kids to go on the rides. How many of you know well, that's a fun thing to do? And they were sharing with that as well. So experiencing God and letting people just know who we are and the fact of being the hands and feet for sharing and just serving people in our community. So thank you for being a part of that today and now we're gonna open up our hearts open up your hearts as God as Pastor Mark comes and shares God's Word with us
1: good morning celebration right about now you're probably all wondering what in the world did he do now well the other day I woke up uh, feeling really rather odd and noticed that part of my face was numb and not working properly. I thought, oh good lord, I'm having a stroke or something. So, went to a clinic, and they checked my blood pressure right away, and it was off the charts, I mean way up in the moon. And they freaked, and quick called in a doctor, and he gave me a shot to bring down my blood pressure, which is really weird, because I've never ever had a problem with that in my life. All my life, I've had the blood pressure of a teenager. And for some reason, I don't know, These stressful days, I have no idea. But it spiked like crazy. So uh, they had to give me something for the blood pressure. And then they said, well, no, it's not a stroke. It's Bell's palsy, which really stinks. Now, if you know anything about it, it's really not life-threatening at all. It's just that half your face gets numb and doesn't work quite properly. Now, the doctor said that it's likely that the stress and the blood pressure is what triggered it. Although nobody really knows why, what makes it do it. Uh, they say it's a virus, which is the medical way of saying, we don't know what it is. <laughs> they can't just say, we don't know what it is, because the doctors gotta have an explanation. So when they don't know what it is, they say it's a virus. They don't have any idea what virus it is, or where it comes from, or how can we stop? They have no idea. It must be a virus, which means they just honestly have no idea what makes it go. Uh, they didn't, they said not to worry about it, and the doctors I talked to all said, don't worry about it, it eventually just goes away on its own, anywhere from a couple of weeks to six months, and I'm hoping, oh Lord, I hope this doesn't last for six months, but anyway, uh, so I got this weird face thing going today, and this weird eye thing that's not quite closing all the way, and I look like I'm drunk out of my mind or something, I don't know what it is, so hence the eye patch to protect it from stuff going in there and, the wind, irritating it and stuff. Uh, I was a little bummed initially, but then I put on the patch and I thought, I don't know, I could like this, you know. I'm bald, and I got a patch. I feel like a bad dude now. Hey, don't mess with me. I got a patch. So when I feel like a sea captain, all I need is a parrot on my shoulder, and I walk around going, ah it all fit in. The, as discomforting as all this is, it actually works perfectly for my, for my message today if I can talk properly. So pray for me that this will all pass quickly. Uh, I want to talk about the importance of the church. Now if there's one thing that is true about American culture it's that we're very much into the power of the individual. You know um, The the, the individual is more celebrated, really, than the group. Uh, Our greatest heroes are portrayed in movies. These tough guys uh, or women or whatever, they don't need anybody. They're superheroes. They can do whatever they want. Or they got superpowers so they can do whatever they want. It's them against the world. And we all watch that. We just love that scene. Now, here's a person who doesn't need anybody. Some tough dude, maybe with, you know, a patch. He can do anything he's fighting the world overcoming incredible odds these are the movies that we love to go to and celebrate the heroes who don't need anybody and the truth is some of our favorite stories in the bible mostly from the old testament are from guys who didn't seem to need anybody they, they were kind of like superheroes i mean you got who we got here we got moses you got samson you got king david daniel a lot of these guys the spirit of God would come on one person and they would do extraordinary things. You know, like, uh, like Samson. And it's interesting because the scriptures would always describe if there was something unusually looking about somebody. But they never said anything about Samson. You know, in, in the movies, Samson is always played by some guy with, you know, otter, Schwarzenegger muscles and big, powerful guys. But the Bible doesn't say anything about that. Chances are he was just a regular looking guy which made it all the more bizarre that when the Spirit of God would come on him, he would do incredible, powerful things. So anyway, those are the things that we love. And it's kinda cool to see that kind of expression in the Old Testament. But then a prophet comes, his name is Joel. And Joel tells about a time that's coming where he says the rules are gonna change. It's not gonna be just one person anymore. It's going to be about everybody that wants to experience this. We read this um, about it on the day of Pentecost in the New Testament, the book of Acts, chapter 2. Uh, this right after Jesus had ascended into heaven. All the disciples are waiting. Jesus said, don't go anywhere until the Holy Spirit comes. They didn't even know what that meant. So they're just waiting. And it says in chapter 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And when they heard the sound, a crowd came together and bewildered them, because they all heard these guys speaking in their own languages. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't these all who are speaking Galileans? How is it that each of them can hear, how how can each of us hear them in our own native tongue? Amazed and perplexed, verse 12 says. They asked one another, what does this mean? They see these guys are praying, all of a sudden they're seeing them praying in all sorts of different languages. Many of them could understand the languages, what's going on? Uh, And Verse 13 says, Some, however, made fun of them and said they had too much wine. In other words, they just assumed these guys are drunk. Uh, But then Peter stood with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These guys are not drunk as you suppose because it's only nine o'clock in the morning. Apparently Peter had never been to Wisconsin. Anyway, so he says, no, this is what was spoken about the prophet Joel. So remember Joel, this Old Testament prophet, said there's going to be a day when things are going to change. It's not going to be just one person, one superhero being empowered by the presence of God. Something's going to change. And then he reads from this Old Testament prophecy. In the last days, says God, I will pour my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. Now, this is really radical. You have to remember, these people were raised in a culture where you, know, you, you only certain people got to do certain things, especially if you were in the servant class. And women, forget about it. You know, the women can do anything. And now he's prophesying and says, someday the spirit of God's gonna fall on men and women and even on servants of any class, and they will all be empowered by the Holy Spirit. So this is what happens on the day of Pentecost. The rules will change. Now God works through the group, not just the individual. Now some individuals still did some great things and throughout church history. There's always accounts of people who did great things, but it's not really about the individual anymore. It's really about the church. Jesus spoke of this when he said that he was going to build his church and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. Because there's... You know, while there used to be just one person that would experience something great, now everyone who comes to Christ can be filled with the Spirit and and experience greatness and power and energy. Uh, So this is the birth of the church. Now the rules have changed. Now God works through a group of people instead of just lone rangers all over the place. And this is the point of my message today is about the importance of the group. And I want to read in 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, Paul's writing to the church. He says, look, just as a body, though one has many parts, but all all its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of just one part, but many. Now, if the foot says, uh, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? unrepresentable are treated with special modesty, while well, our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, and that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices in it. Now you are in the body of Christ, and each of you has a part in it. So, the analogy is very clear, he's talking about your body, and uh, if one part of it hurts, if you, anyone who's ever smashed their thumb knows, the whole body experiences the pain of this. Uh, and you'd be shocked at how messed up your life will get if one thing quits working, like half of your face, and talking weird, blah, 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 blah. It's very weird. All you gotta do is miss a toe, and you have a hard time walking. I mean, there's all this going on. You miss your big toe. You know how hard it is to walk without a toe? Unbelievable. All you got to do is get a smashed toe and you get a feeling for it. It's, It's not like you can just look at part of the body and say, well, I don't really need it. Because the minute it's not there, a finger's gone, something's missing, something's wrong, the whole thing is all jacked up. So what Paul's trying to say is, look, now that we are all walking in the Spirit of God, in the love of Christ, Jesus wants to walk and work through the church. It is through the church. It's through this group of people. And if we think like most Americans like to think that I don't need anybody, right? I mean, how many people say that? I don't need to go to church. I, I can worship God on my own. I don't I need to can, can, can I just worship Jesus by myself. I, I suppose you can, but it's, you're never going to experience the full blessing and, and glorious nature that God wants to impart to us through the church. He has designed the church. All of it now is important. Even uh, the simplest of parts of the body, as he says in this analogy, like this <laughs> side of my face, all of it's important. If it's not working, it feels really weird and it doesn't quite work properly. Like I said, great analogy for this message today. I wasn't planning on this and Lord, I could have used a different analogy, but it is what it is. Um, Paul writes to the Roman church in verse 12 he says for by the grace given me I say to every one of you do not think of yourself more highly than you ought but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has given to each of you whatever faith God has given us walk in that He says, don't think more highly of yourself it's not necessarily just uh, a sense of arrogance although that's true but it really says that I don't need anybody I don't need you. I don't, I don't need that guy. I don't, I don't need that pastor. He did not know what he's talking about. And there's always this attitude, and, and really strong in the Christian church in America that we're part of, is we're always fighting this idea of, I don't need anybody. And the truth is, we do. We all need each other. And here's the crazy thing about it. You know, uh, Paul talks to the Corinthian church about the gifts of the Spirit, the gifts of wisdom, knowledge, healing, all kinds of powerful things that many of us need in our lives. I, for one, could use a gift of healing right about now. All right? Now, the way that God does this is he works through other people. And even there, look, look what we've done. If you talk about needing healing, we think of a healing evangelist. It's a healing. It heal, We're thinking about some superstar that has a special gift And we turn it all about the individual. And it's not supposed to be that way. God didn't give these gifts so one person could shine brighter than somebody else. The truth is God can give anybody these gifts. You know, I'm convinced that someday we're going to be talking to God and say, well, Lord, why why didn't you answer my prayer about such and such? Or, you know, I didn't know what to do and I was looking for wisdom and, and you never answered. And God said, I must have said the answer half a dozen times. I said, like, what are you talking about? He said, like, I gave it to Bob. I, I gave it to Laria. Susan had the perfect advice for you. And you, you never listened to her. You never talked to her. You come to church, you take off right away. So I said, like, man, I was sick all the time. And I was, how come they didn't ask for my prayer for healing? I said, like, well, I, I must have said healing eight different times. These different people. And you never connect with anybody. You're just, you're in and out. I tell you, we're going to be really shocked. And I know some people will even tell you they come to church and they'll feel like God really has something special for them to do something for someone else. And they leave and they never find that person. I'd have you raise your hands, but I can't see you. But I mean, there's a lot of people saying, man, yeah, I came to church and I really felt it. Because we don't talk to each other. You know, we don't spend time with each other. Now, I'm not talking about just on Sunday morning, you know, because that's hard. I get it. Everybody's got to go to lunch and stuff like that. But that's why we encourage connecting in small groups and other things. You never know what God will do. How God will touch your life if you will connect with people. Because he has decided this is how he's going to move in the world today. Through the power of his church. Not superstars, but everyday regular people. Uh, and it doesn't matter whatever your gifts are, which is what he's talking about here. He says, uh, in verse 4, he says, for just as each of us has one body with many members, some of the members aren't working today, and these members do not have all the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body. Each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to us. If your gift is prophesying, then do it in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. Some people, you know, I know in America, there's this fight between the haves and the haves nots. But I'm telling you, there are people God has blessed with money for no other reason than he knows they'll be generous. It's actually their gift. They have a gift for making money. It's amazing, I run into these people, I think, "I've," (laughs) I've never had this gift. But they're brilliant with it. They can take something and turn it into nothing. Well, that isn't just so you can enrich yourself so that you can be encouraging and blessing to other people. It's a gift. Um, where are we at? If it's leading, then, then do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, then do it cheerfully. So whatever gift you have, let God use it. But the way that you're going to use it is by being connected with people. And if you feel that you have a gift, that's why you encourage. you know doing our growth track and stuff is to find out what your gifts are, where you can serve, so I'm not quite sure yet. That's okay, sometimes it, it can take a while. It can take years for some people to figure out what is it exactly that I'm really good at? What, what, what is my gift? Don't get just discouraged because it's not flashed on a TV screen somewhere. Your gift is such and such. Sometimes it takes a little, little while, while to learn what God's doing in your heart and you're growing in your faith. and Then suddenly God can start to use you. So and, and to be honest, if I have to be the person receiving the blessing or the person giving it, I'd rather give it. It's great when God can use you. When you can say something to somebody that so encourages their life, and I tell you, I've done this, where all of a sudden I'm talking to somebody and I'm saying stuff I didn't even know, I knew. And all of a sudden a person just goes, man, it's amazing, thank you so much. And I walk away and go, wow, what was that? And then I, I think this was a gift of the Holy Spirit. God was using me to speak to that other person. What even me? Because I didn't even really realize this concept. All of a sudden just pops into my mind. That's a lot of fun. When you can say something to somebody and lift them up, when you can serve somebody in some way and it changes their life. When it, I mean, it's great. But all of these kind of experiences of being uh, touched by God or, or letting God use you only works in the context of being committed with people. It's about being committed. In the church, the power of the church—that's where the Holy Spirit wants to come. But again, you got to fight this idea that I don't really need anybody. Uh, again, how often I'll hear people say to me, "You know, uh, you know, I can worship God on my own, or I don't need to listen to you. I can hear from God by myself. I can read the Bible." Yeah, but there's something special that happens in the context of the church, the gathering. Of, and, and you know there's lots of gatherings all over the place this morning all over the world as they're worshiping God but God loves to work through those gatherings of people to show his uh, blessings into their lives um, the early Christian church changed the world in a very short period of time not with lone rangers and spiritual superheroes but as an effective and powerful group of believers the church they did what, it's really stunning if you look at it historically. I mean, some of these movements and religions we hear in the, about in the world took hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years to get anywhere. Christianity spread like crazy in a very short period of time and changed the course of history because God was using so many different people, uh, different gifts, uh, different miracles. It wasn't about the superstar um, I get it, there were the, the apostles and stuff, you know, they had special gifts and stuff. But it wasn't just about that, it was everybody. Everybody had something to give and, and, and move through them. And here's the amazing thing, when you read, for example, the uh, book of Corinthians, where they talk about all the miracles that God was doing through the church. You know, we envy that, and rightfully so. And we think, wow, they were really holy. But if you read the book of Corinthians, they were not really holy. They were totally jacked up. If you feel bad about yourself, read 1 Corinthians. These people were crazy. I encourage pastors all the time, just when they get discouraged, read Corinthians. These people were fighting with each other. They were suing each other. Some of them were having problems with prostitutes. I mean, it was, when they did communion, they'd all get together and turn into a big party and they'd get drunk and stuff. I mean... It was out of control. And Paul was trying to correct all these things in the church. But as jacked up as they were, God still did incredible things. Now why is that? Why is it that we can come, and we're not suing each other, we're not yelling and screaming at each other, we're not getting hammered during communion. Why doesn't God do great things for us today? The difference is they got something we don't get. They understood the power of the church that the church, members all working together, is what releases this glorious power of God into people's lives. We are, by many measures, way ahead of the Corinthian church. Thank God, if I hear some of you guys are going to prostitutes before you throw at church, I have some real issues with you. We don't have those kind of problems, all right? But what we do have is this idea of strong individuality, don't tell me, I don't need anybody, blah, 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 blah. And then we, as a result of that kind of thinking, we don't experience what they were experiencing, even though they were way messed up than we were. So what's the challenge? The challenge is to learn to connect with one another. And I'm pretty sure it's gonna take a while for us to really get into our heads, the importance of being part of somebody else, somebody else's life, being responsible for each other. Just like I'm responsible you know, for the eye here, it's not, (laughs) stupid thing's falling, (laughs) That's not working properly. While it kind of looks cool and tough, you know, every once in a while a tear will build up (laughs) because it's watering, and when a tear comes down your patch, it really ruins the whole tough guy look, I gotta tell you, nobody likes a crying pirate, you know, but I gotta take care of this stuff, I gotta... You know, until everything goes back to the way it was and everything will feel more normal and it'll start sounding like, and I can blah, 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 instead of blah, 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 blah. Uh, you know, I'm taking care of so I, I need this thing to cooperate. We need all the different parts of your body because if they're not working together, it's just awkward. It's not the end of the world. I could stay like this forever, God forbid. What would you do? I'd just do this. And come up with all kinds of funny jokes to make fun of myself. But whatever, I'm hoping, you know, I'm trusting God's gonna pass. And please pray that it does. But when it's not all working together, life gets harder. It gets more difficult. You know, if your legs don't work, your life isn't over. If your eyes don't work, your life isn't over. If you can't hear your life, there's all kinds of people that have situations that they just work around it. But there's no way you cannot see that it's harder life becomes more difficult and I think that in a lot of ways our spiritual journeys uh, are a lot more difficult than they need to be number one we don't even want to tell people what's wrong you know unlike a physical body when something's not working it's all really obvious but in a church body if the person sitting next to you is really having a hard time you don't know that if they don't share it you know we gather in these small groups, and if, unless someone says, man, I, would you pray for such and such? I'm really having a hard time. It's when you do that that, oh, then the body can come together and minister to each other. But we don't even like to tell people what our problems are. We like to pretend that everything's okay. Uh, and I get that. Nobody likes to be in a situation where they feel they need stuff. But the reality is we all are in situations where we need stuff and we need help and we need uh, prayers from other people Uh, We should look with anxious expectations and see if God has blessed someone with an answer that I'm looking for as we connect with people. Because when the body is working together, it's a lot more fun. It's a lot easier. We can do greater things. We can do bigger things. We can do things faster. We can speak more clearly than when one side of my lips is not working properly. Uh, You know, again, you can get through it, but... Why not? Why not, let's get healthy. Why not, let's all start to really learn what it means to connect with each other. Because when we do this, remember, the rules have changed. In the Old Testament, God would just find one person and do something incredible. And even that was extraordinarily rare. Hundreds of years would go by between something like that. Now that the church has come, and the Holy Spirit has come, he enables his power to go through everybody so could it be me yeah well i don't know nothing well you might be the servant that, that, that the prophet was talking about it doesn't really matter young men old men it says daughters adults even children god can use children uh, to speak into people's lives so anyway this summer as you're uh, enjoying the your summer and i'm sure you are and, and uh, i'm looking forward to getting back there soon to be with all of you and enjoy the summer. Hopefully, I can talk gnarly by then and I won't be stuck in this uh, pirate mode forever. Uh, and, and it'll be great. But during the summer, let me just encourage you, start simply. You've got extra time. It's summer. Invite people into your life. If you're going to go grill, invite some people to come over and grill. If you're going boating, invite some people to come boating. You know, find people, and, and not just people, regular, I just, People in the church. So you can get a chance to know them and connect with them and see how God can bless you or how you God can use you to bless them by connecting with each other. It's something that you have to do intentionally. And we can do it. And God will use it. And at the end of the day, what we want to be is a really strong, healthy church that is not handicapped by one problem or another. And again, if we are, we'll be fine. But how much better if we all really connect with each other and become really strong and healthy. And the only way that can happen is when each one realizes I'm important. And we realize that everybody is important. Because there's some people, let's face it, you don't like them. They irritate you. <laughs> they're weird. I'm whatever they think. thinking. it's like like the face, the toe, the ear, whatever. Just because you can't see stuff inside. You want everything to work. You want to be pretty well sure that everything is clicking the way it should even for the less glorious parts, We want to be connected with them so that we can be healthy and strong and that God will use us to do great things in the earth. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your kindness and your grace. Lord, I know that you want to do great things to all of us. Lord, but you're gonna do it not by making a bunch of superstars pop up here and there, but by all of us working together to be part of a healthy, powerful, energizing church. Help us to do Uh, as a group that we just cannot do on our own help us to realize that we are important and that everybody around us is in fact important and help us to be intentional to connect and to make that church bond closer and stronger that the holy spirit can use to do wonderful things in jesus name we pray and everybody said amen god bless you guys see you later